Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to Paul Listnick Behind the Curtain. Uh, as you watch those opening credits of a show called Demon Hunter, I'm sure you were intrigued and also saying, what is that thing? I haven't ever seen anything like that. Well, I hadn't either. And so uh, although it premiered on one network called Here TV a while ago, maybe, I don't know, a year or two ago, um, but now it's on video on demand everywhere, Amazon Prime, wherever you get all your on-demand videos. And it's so different and so cool that I reached out to the creator of the project uh, and said, would you come and talk to me about it and bring your friends? So that's that's what we're doing. So let me introduce you to Tim O'Leary. Uh, he is a writer and, he's, and a director. Uh, and uh, he, he created this thing called Demon Hunter that we're going to talk about, but he's also responsible for other uh, kinds of programs. And the company is called, I have to say this, because it's just such a great name, Tim, uh, Freaky, uh, Freaky Fighty Funny Films. So yeah. this is good. And uh, your partner in crime, also your husband in crime, is, uh, is Robert Rice, who plays Harold in the series. Also joining us is uh, Kara Mitsuko, uh, who's in it. And Kara, I have to say to you, I, say to you I, I actually, I think my first exposure to you was in The, um, the, Man, the Man in the High Castle. Oh, yay. I, I love that show. That, that's it's just, great. yeah. And it got yeah. me to buy the book and I bought the book for a friend and- um, Same. <laughs> and we will be joined shortly by Tamario Fletcher, uh, who will uh, who actually is one of the leads. He plays Jeremy in this show. So we'll get all about this. But, Tim, let me yes. start with you. What led you to uh, create this series about vampires and people who fight them and kill them? And uh, it's just so creative and interesting. Oh, well, thank you. Um, yeah, it, it was uh, it was it was a long journey. Uh, it was sort of birthed um, when we first moved to uh, Hollywood from New York. I do have to say um, I am billed on IMDb as the creator, but it was very much a co-creation between Rob and me. Rob has been the forefront of us making our own material really since pretty much as soon as we landed here. And, um, you know, we're both big nerds that's one of the reasons why we get along so well we can talk about nerdy things and um yeah and so you know i'm a huge lifelong buffy fan i watched that as a kid Ah, um i loved the way that she would slay monsters there's a fly into my apartment that's buzzing around our heads right now which i wish i had buffy's reflexes to (laughs) Uh, because you'll just see me doing this a lot and it's not because i have crazy you know gesticulations it's because we're being tormented yeah but um uh yeah and so uh one day we had our friends uh Zach and James over. This sounds so tooly and LA, but we were in our pool and we were talking about things that we of course wanted you were. Yeah, of course we were. You know, summer, we were having a few beers. We were talking about projects. We had just come off a project, the four of us, that we were working together on called Moms Anonymous. Um, and we figured we wanted to do something that was a little bit more our style because that, that came from other people. We were just working on it. And so we're like, okay, well, let's do this thing. Zach and I got together. We worked on the scripts for approximately a year and a half before I was really satisfied. And keep in mind, these episodes are only about 10 to 20 minutes long. So but, you know, I'm glad you said that. I don't mean to interrupt you, but that makes this so watchable because in the world of Netflix and everything that is, you know, on demand today, you know, when I, when I saw, see somebody who's, oh, did you watch this series? It's four seasons, not happening. You have like, there's a, I don't know if there will be a season two. I'm going to ask you that. But so in the season one, we get uh, like five episodes. They're all like 12, 15 minutes. You can knock that thing out in a night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I know what you mean. Cause there's, okay. I'm going to, oh, I'm, I'm going to admit this. People are going to run me out of Hollywood. I've never seen Mad Men. 
I know. Don't, don't come at me, bros, but um, I've never seen it. And I want to see it. And I love the, the team behind it. And I love John Hamm. I love everyone who was in it, but it's overwhelming to think like, okay, well, I have to watch the entire series. Every episode is an hour. There's however many seasons mm-hmm. I, I would rather go to parties and fake it when people are like, you know, Mad Men. I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. So riveting. So I loved it. The costumes, uh, the, costumes, uh, the atmosphere, <laughs> the direction. And I'm sorry, was, but yes. But given your artistic background and Robert Morse, right? So, I mean, you know, forget about John Hamm. Robert Morse is amazing in it and, and he just passed away. So, uh, and by the way, you don't need to watch all those seasons because it kind of drops off too after, after a couple of seasons. So just give it that. Uh, Carol, let me come over to you. Talk about uh, your role in Demon Hunter and uh, because there's a little bit of everything and everybody in this, in this show. Yeah. Um, so I came on as Quinn, who's a private eye and also a weed enthusiast. And she is Nat's ex. Um, and I, I didn't know who's Nat. We got to tell who's Nat. Um, so Yasmin, Yasmin and, oh gosh, I would follow her Instagram. So now her whole handle, whatever I say her name, I want to say the whole handle. Until Yasmin Abadira plays Nat slash Natalia, who's the, one of the leads of the show. Yeah. Yeah, who plays Nat. So there's lots of nicknames. Um, but, um, yeah, so I, I didn't know these guys before I came in and I just followed an actor's access, uh, breakdown and it wasn't anything I had seen before. Um, especially not for an Asian woman. To be like, oh, smokes marijuana? Is a private eye? Isn't a doctor who has, or a burgeoning law practice owner? You know, and so that really was attractive to me. And then just meeting these guys in the room, um, really loved the redirect and really loved just the openness. It felt like there was a lot of collaboration even in the callback for it. Um, so that's how I came on. Uh, and then just read all the scripts. And I watched some of Buffy. I haven't watched all of Buffy, but I'm a big sci-fi fan. And so uh, that like campy world of sci-fi, I was like, I think I get, I think I get this campiness. And I think I get this sort of like supernatural, who knows what's going on and we're all figuring it out kind of deal. Um, that and I was very gripped by Quinn's relationship to Nat and the confusion of that yeah. was really good <laughs> And so, Rob, t- talk to me about your character. But of course, you know, I want to say, well, then, you know, as you and Tim create this, you must be that sci-fi kind of, you know, whatever, too. And I'm sure you are. But but you're in a barbershop quartet. So I don't quite understand the connection between these worlds. There isn't any. Um, no. Well, they're both kind of nerdy. They're both weird. They're both weird. And Harold could have been in a barbershop um, quartet, you know, but. Yeah, no, I do. I sit with a quartet called The Accidentals. And like, it's just one of those things where that was created probably a decade ago um, in New York City out of a necessity. I was singing with these guys in a caroling company, another camp thing. Um, and you, they were, he was like, we need to put together a barbershop set for like an hour for a gig. And so we did. And then since then, we've been singing barbershop. It is just one of those things that LA likes weird things. And so like, we've just worked a lot out here as a quartet. Um, in fact, we're shooting something this week, like a TV show. I can't say what it is, but like, we're super excited about it. We booked it last week. We're shooting it on Wednesday. Um, and so like, it has been a source of a lot of work and a lot of interesting connections, but it doesn't have a lot to do with Demon Hunter. We haven't incorporated a demonic quartet, but I'm sure it will Not happen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so talk to me about you. Talk to me about Harold and your role. And again, the, your, your, your world in this funky, freaky company. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, again, we're both nerds um, and we all like kind of the same things. And Harold for me is a lot of fun because I love the idea of a character that is, um, really smart and, and aware of what's going on around him and totally manipulates that to his advantage. Um, it's just fun and entertaining. The idea that he is not a medium, but he pretends to be a medium because it makes him more money. Um, 
I enjoyed the kind of on and again, off again relationship he has with Daniel. Like, it, it, you know, he's kind of a tortured character, like sweet, but also like knowing what people are thinking all the time is exhausting and, and draining. And yeah. um, I just well, find that kind of fascinating. And Tim, let me ask you about the casting because, you know, you've got Edmund Tamario in this, sort of the lead roles in this, and then Jason Casadas, uh, who, who plays the uh, kind of a go-go boy. I mean, you got all these different players. What, what Did you guys, you know, sit around one night and say, Let, let's think about all these interesting, strange characters. We bring them together because there's everything. I mean, there's gay, there's straight. I mean, it's just everything is in this. The, you know, it's funny. Um, uh, I, uh, when when I, I started writing it with Zach, my co-writer, who unfortunately couldn't be on the call with us, um, we were trying to figure out, like, okay, who of our people can we incorporate and by our people i mean you know the people in our in our mm-hmm. stable of actors that we can use and we're like yeah 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 and then um we sort of wrote the main characters uh, one as straight we were kind of writing it to an actor that we knew same thing with the character daniel neither of those actors were had ever said that they would do it and then of course they in fact you know couldn't do it um, so we're like, okay, I think we're going to have to audition for this. So we saw about 20,000 young men. <laughs> and we, um, <clears throat> for the most part, and Tamario can remember this, I'm sure, but we had them read for both roles because Daniel and Jeremy, although one is gay, one is straight, they had different personalities. They're sort of similar types, specifically like physical types. They're both very um, athletic and martial arty um and they both have a sense of humor um so yeah we actually god it was like nine hours i think one day where mm-hmm. we were just seeing the the daniels and jeremy's and that was callbacks and that was callbacks right, right. Stuff and- so we had seen dozens and dozens and dozens yeah. and dozens of self-tapes so um, you see yeah let me, let me go to tomorrow because tomorrow that means like uh, you went through a lot of competition for these roles um and, and that came through for you uh, and of course, in your your uh, partner in crime, the other demon hunter played by Edmund. Now, talk to me about that relationship because, well, yeah, he's in the show. He's he's gay. You're straight. Uh, how, did you talk, guys talk about how did we end up roommates? How did how did this life come together? How did we meet as demon hunters? Was that part of the building up? Well, when we first started the series, we kind of did. I mean, basically, what you're referring to as the backstory of yeah. the characters we kind of talked about it briefly and basically came up with the with the backstory that we knew each other growing up and we kind of went to college together but then this whole demon hunter thingy kind of took off and then that's how we ended up where we are today so we did have a relationship established from when we were younger and then we just kind of grew up into demon hunting dorks together <laughs> and that's what actors have to do right you got to create the backstory how do we get to where we are 100 so yeah Kara, let me come to you just talk a little bit about this we haven't really talked about sort of the the plot and i'll just have you do that um in terms of how this because every episode i can't say every week every episode uh there's usually a new demon they have to go go after and these guys are skilled they can handle them all I think uh, it's interesting coming in as uh, supporting because I I didn't have a a ton of as far as like uh, screen time. So to extrapolate from that, but I did talk to Yaz about it. And uh, it's funny because I think we actually had kind of different ideas about our um, not backstory, but our current relationship, which I thought was kind of perfect. Um, Her take on it was that I was a little bit more cognizant of how hard it was for her to be in my presence. And mine was that I was willfully ignorant of how hard it was for her to be in my presence because I love her and I want her around. Um, and so I thought that was kind of perfect when, as we were crafting that together. I was like, I like that we disagree and I want to keep that disagreement. I think that's really great. Um, but yeah, then um, I, I'd love the sort of 
I love that they've created this monster of the week format, but mm-hmm. at the same time, the characters are growing. And so you see, like you see Nat come into her own a bit more and discover what it is she wants and sort of find a purpose. And then you also see, you know, Tamario's character kind of coming drawn to her and not <laughs> knowing how to handle that feeling. And I think what's so interesting about the push pull between that I saw between Tamario and Edmund is that you have one of them who's kind of, it seems a little bit more like willing to follow. Like Edmund's like, I'm gonna follow this. I'm gonna follow that over there. I'm gonna, and, and Tamara's character's like, can we be, can we please be about business? But also now I'm starting to be attracted to my partner. So you <laughs> see these relationships grow in a really beautiful way while they're having fun tackling Monsters of the Week, which is really, yeah. <laughs> really and, fun. And, and Rob, let me ask you, I'll just talk about the fight scene somewhat because uh, you know, I know fight scenes have to be choreographed in, in every move, and there's a lot of fighting going on in this, but it's but it's also lots of weird stuff. It's not we're not just throwing punches. I mean, <laughs> there's lots of weird things. I know I should be asking Tim that question, but uh, you can both chime in on it. But talk about sort of the those fight scenes and, and choreographing them, and because you have to have a lot of. I know you didn't have a lot of any special effects in doing this, but you had to create that that sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, again, this is probably a little bit more for like Tim and Mario and Edmund and stuff. But like, you know, there's a lot of rehearsal that goes into those fight scenes. Um, obviously, Tim, he choreographed everything. So he had to plan everything out, rehearse it with everybody, make sure everybody was safe. Um, and well, then, mostly. Yeah, or, you know, I wasn't enough. too concerned. About that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, um, you know, we just don't want the insurance to kick in, really. It's <laughs> right. Um, right. My mind went to some production? other movie I've been ringing about lately. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you want production insurance, you don't want to use it. That's right. basically right. rule of thumb. And then, yeah, it's really just like once you kind of understand the movement and it's in your body, then it's about like making sure like, you know, you're, it makes sense with your character and like it, yep. it, it reads properly on camera. There's a lot of technicality to it because you're dealing with camera. So it's not just about knowing the choreography, but it's about how to like move your body to make sure it looks like a hit connects when obviously we're not really punching each other. Um, for the most part. And for me, like I, the, we actually rehearsed an entire fight scene that we didn't even get to do because of like production limitations and stuff, right? Because we finished right before COVID. Kara but, um, did as well. Kara was in Kara. full, full okay. fight scene tomorrow too <laughs> yeah. oh yeah but tomorrow at least gets to fight in the show oh, but yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow, actually, you're yeah. a, i mean you're a dancer as well so i'm, I'm guessing for you a lot of the fight scenes i mean it, it has to be use your your dancing skills right exactly it's um when we went into it you kind of look at it as a dance it's a choreographed dance it's basically mm-hmm. what it is so doing those fight scenes the hardest part going back to what rob said is the technical aspect and the cameras and making sure that it looks real on camera making sure that those punches and all that stuff it looks like it connects i would say that's the most difficult part of doing it but as far as the choreography itself for me personally it came a little easier because i do have that background in dance and i kind of look at it as doing a a eight count if you want to think of it like that so in terms of, so you guys said, was there a storyboard here? Was it, did you know what all five episodes would be, that there would be five episodes initially and, and how these characters would, would grow, as Kara said, throughout the process? Yeah, I, when it comes to um, creating a story, I'm, I'm a, like, you know, I've said I'm a nerd before and I'll just reiterate, like, I love spreadsheets. I love graphs. I love charts. Uh, so I was sort of walking, uh, when Zach and I were, were working together, I was sort of walking him through my process where you, you know, you sort of, you go for the external stakes of what is actually happening in each scene, but then also what is happening for each character. And you try to, you know, plot that for an episode, but then you also do an overarching plot for the entire season. Now, unfortunately, we, as Rob was was mentioning, we did have an episode that we lost. We had, we were supposed to have a sixth episode. Uh, something fell through with um, location. 
So we weren't able to film it. We it was right around the holiday of 2019. Stop me if you know where this is going. Uh-huh. <laughs> when I hear it. holiday 2019, yeah. I know March is around the corner. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So then we're like, okay, March 2020 is when we'll when we'll finally be able to get everybody back and we'll film that final episode because uh, we had about half of the episode shot. Yeah. And. Um, uh, and then the world had other plans. Uh, so we, you know, fortunately, what we were able to do is take the um, the epilogue of episode six and figure out a way for it to organically work in episode five. So it does feel like a season finale. The the only thing is in the in the final episode that we lost, you get to see all six demon hunters fighting at the same time, which right. <laughs> ah, well, you get a lot of them fighting in episode five, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There's yeah. A, lot, there's a lot of um, body contact in episode five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and by the way, is there a season two coming? Will there be a season two? I'm sure you want one. You know, we're, it's in the works. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can Kara and Tamario be in it again? Oh, they're both getting recast. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you're well. We'll say this. I do have to say this about, about Kara is that initially Quinn, her character in the, in the five episodes, she was only in the fourth. And then she was in the sixth episode that we lost. But... Kara did such a great job and we just loved having her around that we actually wrote her into episodes three and five because we wanted to see more of her character. We wanted to see how she interacted with the other characters more. So it was really, it was fun to see that, you you know, it's one of those things where you can really understand on television shows, somebody will get cast to like roller skate onto an episode for one scene. And then the writers are like, oh, we love this person. Let's keep them around forever. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. Okay. And it, which is which is really cool. And in fact, it's it's it, it's I love to hear this development part of it because I didn't know about the sixth episode. And so you learn that you had to sort of, you know, change things and, and make things. Um, Rob, was there anything in this in the series as it went on that you thought was tough to do? I mean, look, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of violence in this thing, but it's kind of fun uh, violence. It's you know, it's 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 it's. It's Batman fighting. I mean, it's, it's okay when you have superheroes and fighting and they're doing good things. Um, but you, you take a lot of chances with this. There's a fair amount of nudity in this show. And, then what, did, you know, did you did all the characters or all the actors know up front, hey, this comes with the territory. This is what has to happen. Or did, did that get added in later or something? Uh, no, 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 no. You never know. spring nudity on anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Did I, did right. I mention? <laughs> right. No, that's something that you talk about. And if an actor is remotely uncomfortable with it, then you just say, totally fine. We don't need it. Let's move on and do something. Yeah, else. and yeah. something to note is that, like, for as much work that goes into fight scenes, it's important to note that, like, intimacy gets as much time. So, yeah. like, you know, intimacy coordination, like choreographing nudity, like nude scenes, sex scenes, like all of that stuff gets the same amount of time and attention as a fight, right? Um, because yeah. it, there's an equal risk of, I mean, just not feeling safe, you know, right. like, you know, that sort of thing, and just and making sure people feel comfortable to stop you know, a scene if yeah. it's getting to whatever for them. So like, I mean, it, it, it gets the same amount of care. Right. Um, you know, even though the show is camping kind of over the top and like has a lot of sort of gratuitous nudity, nudity we did not treat it as something like sort of like, we didn't treat it that way on set. Right. You know, right. it was treated with a lot of care. Right. Because um, much like in a fight scene, any improvisation yeah. would be extraordinarily dangerous. The same goes for an intimacy scene. Like mm-hmm. if a hand is supposed to go here in a sex scene, it goes here and not here. Like yeah. that's how that's how blocked it is. Because you, you, know, you have a lot of trouble running this in Oklahoma, you know, that kind of... <laughs> <laughs> or apparently on Netflix, because Frank Langella yeah. got fired for improv. Oh, oh, well, <laughs> Well, and how does that how does that happen? Like, so the, that you end up with your obviously you have to strike deals, right? Just so when you're on on demand, are you are, are you know are they buying this from you? Are they renting? How, how do you? Start, I'm not asking for numbers. I mean, but how does that happen? 
Do you want to see our bank account? I, just- <laughs> <Yeah>. I would like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Social> Security. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, basically, like, we, uh, Demon Hunter went to some festivals, and then at one of the festivals, we met with the head of development of Here TV. Uh-huh. And through that meeting and him seeing the show and us negotiating for a while, we, we, we had a, basically a distribution contract. So Here TV is a streamer, um, and they also actually have a cable channel. Right. But they also, in the agreement, they are also acting as distributor to Video On Demand. So they are releasing it to Amazon and, and Google Play and iTunes. Or Roku iTunes, and all that, yeah. Now. Um, sure. and, and so we have like a split with them for any you know, revenue from that. Mm-hmm. Um, they are doing their end of marketing. We're doing our end of marketing. And so that's basically what it is for like- That's the kind of, kind of deal. And Kara, you're no, you're no stranger to these kind of series because uh was it was man in the high castle was that amazon or amazon yeah amazon yeah so um, do you find in the work that you do is there any difference between doing something that is a a streaming series whatever in the world of netflix i I, the reason i say that is i've talked to a lot of actors who seem to be happier in the world of an amazon and a netflix than they were even in the world of just regular whatever you want to call it traditional movie production I do find that in the experiences that I've had for streamers, there's a bit more freedom. I, I, it sounds odd, but um, the schedule can be a bit more forgiving in that. Um, for, like I just did Grey's Anatomy. That thing's coming out and it's coming out on this day. We have no other time to do it. And right. so as an actor, it doesn't change too much. If you're a day player, you get in and out usually within two to three hours, regardless of if it's a streamer or if it's not. But it does feel like, from what I've witnessed of the crew and the development process, streamers just have a little bit more wiggle room baked in. So if they shoot, say, an episode and then they go, I think I want to add this or I think that's not working, they can because they're not airing next Thursday and the editors are waiting for daily. Um, so, it, it, yeah, it can be a little bit more free in some ways. And they're all, and, and um, Tamario, and you, you're also, you're doing TV ones. Is it Atlanta homicide? Is that how, how we say it? Correct. Atlanta homicide. Correct. Uh, and I know you've been in remember what, what is your thoughts uh, about the streaming versus traditional production? Well, I think just piggybacking off of what Kara said, I think there's more of a freedom when you go from a streamer, as opposed to uh, like a network type show, you get more, you get more leeway with streamers and, what, like she said, with network, it's like we have we this has to be out this day, so we need to shoot it. Well, it wasn't 100% as opposed to perfect example, a curb your enthusiasm with Larry David. He wasn't happy with his uh product, and so they gave him whatever amount of time he needed to get out the good product, as opposed to like she just said, Grey's Anatomy. This needs to be out because we have a season finale that's coming out at the end of April, so we'll figure it out. So, I think. From an actor standpoint, that's a little bit better because, A, you get more time to work on the characters. You can flush things out a little bit more. And, I mean, not saying for all because I'm not generalizing everything, but at the end of the day, when you have that time, you get a better product. And when you're, you don't have all that stuff moving over you, you get a slightly better product. And I think that's why we tend to lean, lean more towards the streaming services now. And That's Tim, just my opinion. I, Tim, I know you, you started in New York. You were New York based. Then you guys moved to L.A. Um, mm-hmm. Is that about we want to be in the heart of the TV movie world? Because I would think lifestyle of New York versus L.A. is different in just so many ways. Tension and everything else. Yeah, it turns out um, New York is uh, the most horrible place to live in the world. <laughs> and um, the best thing to do if you're a New Yorker is leave. Um, <laughs> 
but uh, no, they won't I'm, be using this in one of those promoting New York. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, actually, they, they will. They were like, this guy couldn't cut it. Um, but uh, yeah, um, no, you know, it was funny. I, um, I was very much working in uh, the theater world. I was a playwright and um, I had a few uh, uh, works produced in New York. And I really thought that was kind of my um, path. And then what will happen is you have two or three successes in a row and then nobody calls you back and no theater company wants to put up your stuff. So I was feeling like, you know, kind of creatively unfulfilled. That's actually when I wrote another play, brought it to upstate New York to workshop it, where I met a young actor named Robert Rice. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, anyway, a couple of years after that, uh, a friend of mine uh, asked me to write a pilot um, with him just for basically so he could play the lead. And I was like, okay, I've I've written some TV scripts. I've dabbled in TV scripts, but I've never written an hour-long pilot for a genre show. So I wrote that. Uh, it was uh, accepted into, I'm going to get this the wrong. The SAG Salon. The SAG Readers Salon something. SAG oh, Foundation Readers yeah. Salon. So it was the first television project that they did. They had only done features, but we submitted the the TV script about werewolves. And they're like, yeah, we'll do this werewolf script. I'm like, right. um, not a sentence I ever thought I would say, but I got to like email people and be like, and hi, you go my from werewolves, werewolves to demon hunters. So it's all part of a genre, yeah. right? Yeah. In terms exactly. of doing that. And, and right, I'm right. guessing, and I'm guessing, Rob, as you created this, I mean, whether an episode is, I didn't time anything, but whether it was 12 episodes, uh, so 12 minutes, 15 minutes, you don't have those restrictions, right? In this, in this kind of world, it could be what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, it's shorter because of budget <laughs> and also economy <laughs> of storytelling um, budget, <clears throat> but uh <laughs> Economy, <laughs> economy of storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah. I mean, like, honestly, like, it, I mean, we actually did create it at that length out of a necessity, but also we ended up really liking it at that length because it's just kind of bite-sized. Oh, yeah. still t- there's still a lot of story packed into that little bit of time. You still get the character development. You still get the fun and the camp and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it, and it so took- is there any is there any thought, because here's why I asked that. Is there any thought to where one day we take, forget season two, which I hope will happen, but we'll take these five episodes and make it a, well, I don't know what it'll add up to, but you know, if it's an hour, but, but sort of turn it into a, a, a one continu- continuous program. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say that's definitely um, uh, on the radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we have found is that in this sort of new kind of webby world that we live in, um, those shorter episodes are actually quite attractive to some people. Mm-hmm. And they really love the fact that they can get an entire episode with an entire episode story in 12 minutes. And then they have the incredibly long 20 minute finale, which is shorter than a normal broadcast sitcom. Uh, but it feels long when you watch it yeah, now, because we're does. used to like the 10 minute episodes. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, you know, the future is unwritten as far as what's going to be the next iteration of Demon Hunter. We are having multiple conversations about multiple possibilities. So, right. um, yeah. And send us your bank information when, when you get to sure, that. Point. Yeah. And Kara, <laughs> so Kara, let me, I just want to wrap, I've got to wrap with you guys, but Kara, so what are you working on now? And um, I, I know you'll do season two if, if, if you're invited, which you will be. And, and I guess, so what are you working on now? And then number, number two, really, uh, which is a, why should we, should people be watching Demon Hunter? Gosh, I feel like I want to say, well, uh, I just did Grey's, so that just wrapped. Um, I may or may not be coming back. I'm not sure yet. And then I'm actually working on production for a feature that a friend of mine and I have been developing for a while. Um, pretty small budget. Again, just trying to get something off the ground. Um, well, these guys are the master of the small budget. So just talk to them because they'll <laughs> guide you right through. <laughs> uh, why do people? Well, because I feel like Demon Hunter is like the light you need in the world right now. There's so much stuff happening but there's something so purely enjoyable about Demon Hunter and like the heart of that show is so 
is just so loving and full. But then you also get to see this sort of dark underbelly, but done in such a way that it doesn't feel heavy and it doesn't feel like it's preaching or doing anything to you. It's just saying, come with us on this amazing journey and have a lot of fun and watch these people grow. In yeah, that's great. And that it is. This, it is just a fun journey. Mario, what are you working on? And why should people watch this series? Uh, well, like you just said, I just wrapped uh, ATL Homicide. And then I start a new film, a horror feature called Remember. And then I'm also doing a, a new streaming series called One Lonely Guy for a production company out here in Atlanta. So trying to keep busy with that. And then for me, the main reason I think people should watch Demon Hunter is because there's something there for everybody. And no matter who you are, what your background is, there's something there that's going to be able to resonate with anybody. I don't care who you are, gay, straight, male, female, you're going to find something, you're going to like it. And then also, I mean, just because we're awesome. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I wanted to talk to you all. And by the way, would you recommend that Tim and Rob move to Atlanta? How are we how are we doing with Atlanta? Um, I mean, I enjoy it. I like it. Like I said, I'm just here here feeling out the market because like they were saying the New York market, I was in New York and I was there for three days and I was like, this energy is not for me. And so Mm. I'm finding for myself that in order to be as productive and do as good of work as I can possibly do, it's all about your environment and your surroundings. So that's the place I'm at now is just trying to figure out where is Tamario the happiest at? So he can be the most productive and put out good quality content. And Rob, what's it like? I mean, look, you're working with your husband, creating this thing, whatever. And, you know, I, I could see the plus side of it, but I could also see the sleep downstairs tonight comments. I mean, what, what's... <laughs> one bedroom. Uh, one bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, the kitchen has a floor, I'm sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> we do have a nice You couch. don't even get the couch. <laughs> I'll just come to both of you with that. So, I mean, are there, do you have to have rules about we're not talking business tonight? I mean, how do you handle that? Not we try to not, but it's, we love talking about it. We're theater kids at heart. So we just love talking about the projects that we're doing, but I mean, we don't only talk about, but no. Just, and I mean, we definitely sort of check in and be like, do you want to talk about this right or right, right. Want to talk about this right now? I think like if, like if one of us starts rolling and we're like, I'm not getting much back. So yeah. like, dude, is this what we want to talk about? <laughs> uh, but honestly, like we do, we do really get along. And I know that sounds super like Pollyanna, but like we really do, we have a lot in common and we're pretty chill and like yeah. we, we're around each other a lot, not just because of COVID, but we both, you know, when, when I'm not auditioning or on set or we're not creating something, we both do work from home. Mm-hmm. Like I do a lot of work from my computer, does a lot of work from his. We're home a lot <laughs> together and we still haven't killed each other in 12 <laughs> years. So. so so as the creator, Tim, why, uh, I know both of you are, but uh, why, again, I'll ask you that question of you create it because you want people to see it. So what do you want people to get out of this series? Mostly just a good time, you know, like horror. I love horror and because I love the thrill of like a roller coaster ride. And, um, and that's <laughs> what I, I want people to enjoy themselves and, and have fun and have a good time. And, and maybe, you know, not think about the terrible world that we're living in right now. And just, you know, thank you. This, this series is just such great fun. Um, and it's why I'm so happy, Tim, that I kind of crossed your path on Twitter. And, and here we all are to talk about this. Um, people can get this on here TV. Uh, you can subscribe to it and then it just comes with, with watching it. Uh, but again, Amazon or any of these streaming services, five quick episodes. It's one evening. It's great fun. And you'll really have a great time. I sure hope there's a season two. Uh, it's great fun. I will be happy to appear as a demon hunter for scale. Cause sag after, you know, um, but <laughs> <laughs> but if you need somebody else to kill demons, I will do it. And Kara and I will work closely together, I know. Uh, so, <laughs> so congratulations, everybody. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining me. And I hope everybody checks out Demon Hunter very much. You got to check it out. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.